No Purpose Without Love is a podcast dedicated to helping you find purpose through the relentless pursuit of God's love. The unfortunate reality is that we are born into a world that does not know God. Since God is synonymous with love, to be without God is to be without love. This podcast aims to bring light to the dark areas of your life so that you gain a deeper connection with love as a person, more affectionately known as Jesus. Jesus spoke often about the kingdom of God, and in the kingdom, love is the why behind everything that exists, including our purpose. I am your host, Dave Garesso, and my hope and prayer is that you will experience the overwhelming love of God so powerfully that you will become love to a world that is still very much without love. God has given me the ability to provide the spark, but he wants to fan into flames the purpose that he has for you, which always leaves a trail of breadcrumbs leading right back to our Father and Creator. Please remember to follow this podcast to continue receiving notifications about new episodes as they're released. Now let's get fired up. Hello, and welcome to the No Purpose Without Love podcast. I am your host, Dave Garesso. Today, I have with me our guest, Ms. Kim Granata-Clark. Kim is a certified applied ergonomist. I'm saying it wrong. Help me out, Kim. Ergonomist. Ergonomist and received a certification as a remote ergonomics assessment specialist in 2020. She has a master's degree in human factors and ergonomics and bachelor's degree in occupational therapy from San Jose State University in California. Kim has conducted ergonomic evaluations as an ergonomic specialist for close to 20 years in many Silicon Valley, California companies and looking forward to serving in Tampa, Florida. Kim loves to find ways to reduce or prevent discomfort in a client's work area. On a personal note, Kim has been married for 24 years with an eight-year-old daughter. She's a ballroom dancer, and she and her husband ran a ballroom dance ministry at their church in California. Kim used to teach ballroom dance classes at a couple uh, community centers in her local area in California as well. Kim, welcome to the show. Glad to have you. Thank you, David. Thank you. So as I always like to kick off uh, these episodes, I I always want to start off with the story. I think everybody has a story. You have a story. How did you get to where you are and and what even got you into ergonomics? Well, I have a bachelor's degree in occupational therapy. And actually, my father was the one that suggested to me to get into the field of ergonomics. So he must have read up on it, kind of felt that the two go together, which they do. Um, I don't work in a clinic, but I do work with people in their offices, home offices, virtual office, and um, and actually their businesses too. So um, I thought it was a nice fit and um, and really enjoy going with it. Awesome. And so you, you have a lot of passion and that's cool that your dad encouraged you, right? Um, you have a lot of passion behind this. The conversations that I've had with you and uh, some of the things we've talked about, you you demonstrate that very clearly that this is extremely important to you. What is it about ergonomics that's essential, right? Out out in at work, at home. Uh, I think about it even as I sit right now. I don't think that I'm ergonomically correct, actually. But why is it so important for us to care? Ergonomics, if you don't have the right posture while you're working on the computer, um, you're going to start having back pain, neck pain. If you're always staring at your laptop, sitting in coffee shops and looking down at your laptop over time, 
injuries happen over time. It's not something that just hits you right then and there. It's it's a needle in a haystack. So I'd love to work with people, make sure that they're set up at their workstation because a lot of us are working from home. A lot of us are working in awkward positions and I want people to not be going to their doctor and the chiropractors all the time. Not that I'm trying to take money away from them, but um, at least try to have good posture while you're sitting at your computer and working on your workstation. And I'm certain that uh, COVID played a huge role um, and, and how that has evolved over time. So what, ha what have you run into now since uh, COVID started and more people started working at home? Has that been a challenge? Um, it has been a challenge because people um, don't have their equipment that they had at their office. Now they're at home with not the equipment that they bought. Some employees allowed them to take their chair home, allowed them to take their keyboard and mouse home. Some did not. And so they were left with whatever they had at home and to go out and buy products that they don't know much about. Um, and so, yes, COVID um, had people sitting, staying at home in a, in sitting on, in, on their couch, sitting in their bed, you know, sitting at a, just a, a desk with four legs, you know, j um, nothing special. Yeah. And so what are, um, it, let's say somebody's out there struggling right now, like what, what is maybe a step or two immediately that, that you say they could take to, to start moving in the right direction? Um, first and foremost, stand more during your day. Uh, we sit too long, put a timer on um, your, on your computer, on your watch um, and stand every hour. Even if it's for 10 to 15 minutes, even if it's a micro break, just stand and get moving. Um, you know, if you're on the phone, you're on a conference call, you don't have to be on the computer. Step away and stand up and walk around your office, walk around the area that you're at and not um, be sitting. Excellent. I, I love that. Um, I think having those uh, desks, too, that raise up certainly help because even now, like I want to stand, but I feel like I'm going to be looking down too much. So um, yeah, great. That That's great. Um, I th I believe that just experience in the past has shown me that, yeah, getting up and getting on your feet, it even brings a little bit of energy to mm -hmm. the situation that maybe is lacking otherwise. Mm -hmm. So let's uh, shift direction just a little bit. Um, you're a person of faith. Uh, talk about your, your relationship with Jesus and how has that impacted your journey so far as an ergonomic specialist? Well, it's a great question. Um, I moved out here to Florida a couple of years ago um, from California. I was working for a couple companies out there, being an ergonomic evaluator, being the top evaluator out there at some of those companies. And I came here to Florida and not many people have heard the word ergonomics, um, don't know what it means, or they know about it, but haven't heard the word itself. So um, I had a lot of growing to do and um, God has really stretched me and I want to give up a lot, many, many times, but I just keep praying about it and hoping that I'm following his direction. I'm hoping that what he's giving me is, is the tools to, to build my own business. Um, unfortunately, I haven't yet found a job in ergonomics. So why don't I just start my own company and build from there? So it's been, um, a lot of stepping stones and he's been there, um, you know, making the steps and helping me up that ladder. Yeah, that's that's awesome. It is it is challenging. That's one of the things that we don't talk about enough is, you know, with entrepreneurialism, too, is the challenges, the ups and downs that sort of that emotional roller coaster that entrepreneurs go through as they're developing something and is not for the faint of heart. You and I have yeah. talked about that. 
And I think a lot of a lot of times out there, we we talk about social media and the highlight reels that get posted. It's easy to see from the outside looking in, like look how great they're doing. But at the same time, we know on the back end we're we're struggling. How do we do this marketing and how do we put this out there? And who's gonna who's my target market? Who's gonna see that right? And so that's just a it's a thing for entrepreneurs. So it's a great segue into the next part. Uh, of what I want to talk about. And maybe let's start here with family, right? Because you have a family and you're trying to build a business. And so as you struggle through those emotional ups and downs, you know, what's that been like for you uh, as an entrepreneur with a family? Um, it's It's been a struggle. Luckily, uh, my daughter is eight years old, so she's at school. So um, I, I have good eight to 2.30 to, you know, get my work done. And um, my husband and I trade off going and picking her up from school. So my d- job is pretty much done um, at 2.30 and then come pick her up, bring her home and um, and then maybe try to get another hour in while she kind of de-stresses, you know, from being at school, school can't be stressing. Right. But it probably is. (laughs) Um, (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I mean, just being there. And then I also have um, a father-in-law that lives um, about 15 minutes away from me. And um, so sometimes I have to take him to doctor's appointments. Um, Sometimes, um, um, you know, something comes up. So you work and, you know, uh, your business keeps going, but you need to to run with it. If, you know, doctor's appointments come up or, you know, you just, um, you know, the kid is sick. You just have to run with it. And, and you might not get in an eight hour day. You might have to work a 10 hour day in order to get your eight hours um, and, you know, maybe do a little bit on the weekends and such like that. Um, so it is a challenge. I, I kind of, I'm not a full-time employee and full-time working on my business. So, um, I value my family. I value being a mom and um, being a wife. And sometimes I just let it go and my business will always be there and always there's something to work on on my business. But family is really important to me too. It is. And I, and I love that, that you have that heart posture, Kim, that, you know, <laughs> you put your family first because, you know, not in every situation, that's not always the case. Right. And no. so, I know that your daughter knows that she's loved because of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and and one of the benefits that you point out is the flexibility, right, of, of being yeah. a business owner is it does afford us the flexibility to make decisions that align with the other parts of our lives. And I think what we're going to discover, you know, you and I both uh, with our families as we go on down this journey is, right, we're going to learn things from the business that we're going to be able to help our children grow up with the wisdom and knowledge that we've gained. And then they're going to learn some things and we're probably going to learn right back from them. I already noticed that happening. Right. But <laughs> good, good. So talk about, um, you, you talked about kind of having down days, I think at one point, what, what kind of things do you do when the going gets tough? Oh boy. Um, cry. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just try to find, I I just find, try to find something that that motivates me, something that um, makes me feel, feel fulfilled, um, and find something to do in my business that fulfills me. Yeah, so it's getting recharged and finding that thing that you, even used to inspire you, maybe that you lost sight of, right? Yeah, and yeah. then reigniting yourself with that. Mm-hmm. So can you think of some ways in which um, some some things that do inspire you that way? Like what 
what does that for you? How do you really reignite that fire, so to speak? Um, I go out for walks. I walk around our, our neighborhood, um, think about things. I listen to Christian music. Um, I listen to music in general um, and just give me, sometimes I try to get out in the mornings before I start my day, get out for a walk, doesn't happen all the time. Um, but that gives me juvenation and gives me um, gives me going for the day and gives me thinking about, you know, what's the next thing for my business? What Where do I need to go? Um, and... And, and I am in, in many networking groups. So the networking groups kind of give me a, a high and helps me to grow. Um, but I also, I don't compare myself to other people, but I try to learn from other people on how they're running their business, what they're doing that's working for them, and maybe try it for myself. Um, so sometimes I go to these networking meetings and just like here it is another meeting. But I also do, I also do pray and say, okay, Lord, just open up what I what, open my eyes and my ears to what you have for me in this meeting. And boy, sometimes he just, he does it. And it's just amazing to me. Yeah, he does every time. There's been countless times where I don't know what to say, right? I've been in these meetings and it's surrounded by people. And I almost start to feel a little discouraged and intimidated by yeah. what's being said or how I'm even going to fit into the conversation. And I will say that exact prayer right in that moment. And strangely, they'll still look at me. They'll say, Dave, what do you think? And all this stuff just comes on. I wasn't even thinking that five seconds ago. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But that's good, right? So I'm, I'm hearing you talk about taking a walk. And there's something else I want to say about that in a second. But also the wisdom that we gain from others who have gone before us. Yes. Uh, one of the things my wife was telling me recently is that when, we, uh, when we're struggling or we feel stuck, a lot of times the way forward is to, to go reach out to somebody that's already where you want to be and listen yeah. to the wisdom and insight that, that they share, because often they'll they'll help us get unstuck because they they bring to life or reveal things that you're not currently seeing because they've already walked already walked down that path and seen sort of those mm -hmm. uh, proverbial landmarks that are out there that maybe we haven't even got that far down that that path to see it. Right. So that's good. That's a gold nugget. But as far as taking the walk, you know, I love the scientific um, aspects of how our mind works. And so I'll share this little uh, tidbit for those listening um, in inside our brain. Right. We have this limbic system, which really deals with our emotions. And then there's this prefrontal cortex. It's the part of the brain that, that sits right here at the front of your skull. Um, that is the part that deals more with the logic uh, and the creativity and some of our ability to sort through some of the struggles or particularly the complex decisions that we make, especially as business owners. A lot of times when we're having that down day or we're struggling emotionally or maybe things happen uh, in and around us, right, that are causing that, it fires up that limbic system and our emotions start running rampant. And for those of us who maybe have some really difficult things that we're battling with, that can almost override the operating uh, aspects of the prefrontal cortex. But by taking a walk, like you're talking about, Kim, what a lot of people don't realize is that it starts getting blood flowing again, and it actually begins to move that into that prefrontal cortex mm. and cause us to start getting some of that sort of logical mind back, and it lessens some of the heavy emotion that might be getting in the way of our creativity. So I think this is, um, this is something I've learned recently that I have found to be effective 
And so when you said that, it's like, yes, that's, that's <laughs> huge, right? When, especially when you're feeling that down day or you're discouraged, get out there, take a walk, go do some exercise. Right. And you will probably realize that by the time you get back, the thing you maybe felt stuck on or you were so caught up in your head, it's a little bit easier now to get out of your head and start moving forward with the project or whatever it is that you're working on. That is so, so true. So true. Definitely yeah. so. Yeah. So thanks for sharing that. So um, what else do you do that sort of balances the load? Because you had talked a lot too about there's things going on with the family, there's things going on with the business, and I'm sure you've got other things outside of those two categories in your community. How do you best balance that that load on a day-to-day basis? Or, or is there such thing as balance? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a controversial topic. Is there balance between life and work um, and between personal life and business life? Um, I, um, I'm a note taker. I take notes. I, if something comes to mind, I write it down on my, on my uh, pad of paper. Um, and I like at night, I try to write down things that I'm going to do the next day, um, something I want to accomplish. And I'm a checkmark person. I'd love to check things off and that I've got things done. So trying to find that balance. I feel like, you know, lately I've been out of balance. I spend more time on my personal side versus trying to work on my business. So I just tell myself, okay, you know, I need to work on one thing for my business every single day. Um, And so when I write my notes, um, uh, you know, what I want to accomplish or the day of the um, actual day, I write down, you know, you know, hey, I want to work on my website today. Um, But I keep it open. I don't say specifically, I want to work on this, 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 you know, I kind of like, I want to work on my website, not like, oh, I want to work on my about page. and um, but note taking, taking notes, thinking about what I want to accomplish for the day and then look back at the end of the day and say, hey, look at all the things I've accomplished. Um, and then I feel a little bit more balanced. Yeah. Well, one of the one of the great things, too, about taking notes and creating a list is it gets it out of your head because sometimes yes. it can be really scattered in there. So that's kind of like the, the nugget I get from that is like, wow, like it, how can I clear or declutter my mind is simple. Just get it out on paper and then you don't have to constantly try to remember it all the time. That is so true. I'm only getting older. I keep forgetting things. (laughs) So you got to get it out on paper. (laughs) You and me both, Kim. I'm noticing it day by day. And I've heard as as I move, I'm I'm in my early to mid forties now, but as I move into my latter forties, I heard it gets worse. (laughs) Looking forward to that. But the other thing that you said, right, is uh, this some sometimes just taking one step, right, yeah. is is moving forward. And I know sometimes it can it can seem a little daunting, right, to what do I do? I'm not even sure what to do. Or I, I have this list of like 50 things, but I only have a 10 thing space. Mm-hmm. How do I move through that? Well, the truth is, is if we do nothing, we never move at all. Like, it's like imagine if I want to take a step from here to that door across the room for me. If I don't take any steps, I'm never going to move towards it. But even if I take one step, I'm definitely a little bit closer to that door. And it kind of reminds me of a, um, a principle that John Maxwell, he's a sort of a leadership coaching expert that I follow. And he, he talked about it in terms of swinging an axe at a tree. Okay. If, you, if you take five swings every day at a tree with an axe, eventually what's going to happen? Tree's going to fall. But here's the thing. We don't even care how big that tree is. If it's a little twig, it might only take one whack, right? But if it's huge and I can't even wrap my arms around it, 
regardless if I take five whacks at that tree every single day, it may take five days, it may take five weeks, it may take five months, maybe even five years if the tree's big enough. But one thing is certain, eventually if I do that without ever stopping, it's going to happen. And in many ways, that's how we have to tackle the, the bigger goals, right? Is make the list, get it out of your head and take at least one step. Let's just do something. To so, so, so true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's talk about uh, teaching ballroom classes. That's something that, that you're definitely into. Tell us a little bit more about that. How'd you get into ballroom uh, class teaching and why do you love it? And what kind of things have you learned from that, that experience? Yes. I love to ballroom dance. So I, um, uh, took some dance classes at San Jose State University and eventually um, I met my husband there and he um, he proposed to me on the dance floor. Oh, wow. So um, it was, um, and then eventually I just, I, my husband and I competed together and um, eventually um, we I started take, taking lessons. I also started giving lessons um, and we ran a ballroom dance ministry at our church. Um, and that was very successful for a good 20 years before COVID shut us down. And then we ended up moving out here to Florida and I hope to start a ballroom dance ministry out here um, at our church or maybe an adjoining church or so. Um, but teaching dance lessons can be very similar to um, doing an office ergonomics presentation. Um, I still have a group in front of me. I still need to teach. Um, I teach dance moves in, dan um, in the dance classes, but, it, but I'm teaching posture in um in a presentation or if i'm doing a one-on-one -on -one with someone i'm teaching posture i'm teaching you know how to sit up straight um if you go to my um website and, and the about page it talks about um dancers don't slouch when you dance you don't slouch when you dance right you have to keep up especially if you're doing waltz fox and tango um, you have to stand up. So same thing with ergonomics, same thing with office ergonomics. You have to sit up. You, you can't work like this all the time. Eventually you're going to have next discomfort, back discomfort. Um, so um, by teaching dance lessons, and I'd like to continue doing that. I love teaching. Um, I, it, um, also when you're teaching dance lessons, not everyone is going to get what you're saying. Um, so um, not to put down the, the seniors in our life, it just doesn't compute sometimes. So I have to change my way of teaching. Maybe I, I not don't teach that step, but teach another step that's very similar. Okay, instead of doing this, why don't you just turn this way? Um, but in, in when I'm teaching, um, I'm um, doing office ergonomics presentation or I'm doing an evaluation, um, I just make sure that people understand what I'm talking about, um, why I'm recommending a piece of equipment. Um, and if it doesn't work out for them in the end, I need to pivot. I, okay, that document holder was too big for your desk and I forgot to think about the, the depth of your desk. Okay, let's go with this document holder. Um, so like dancing, like teaching, like um, doing my presentations or even my evaluations, I need to um, pivot I need to uh, find what works for everyone because they say, you know, there's visual learners out there, there's kinesthetic learners, and I don't know the other two, which you probably already do. <laughs> um, but, you know, kinesthetic learner is great for dancing, you know, visual auditory learner. Sorry, I forgot about that. Um, mm -hmm. And so there's all the different kinds of learners. So you have to teach 
to different people's learning styles. Yeah, it's uh, it's an iterative approach too, right? Is what I hear. It's it, it as you learn, you continue to improve upon what you learn, mm-hmm. right? And that's what I hear you saying. Whether regardless of style or the the actual setup or whatever it is, right? As we as we evolve or as we learn new data, if you will, that's when we're actually choosing a different path or a different step to move it forward and get better. So ergonomics isn't just a one one and done, right? It's a matter of sitting down, assessing the situation, looking back, saying, what can we learn from this? Let's make it better and then come back and repeat that process all over right. again. Yeah, exactly. So true. And what's cool too is you've also, it sounds like, learned to put a couple different of those two passions that you have together. You love dancing, right? And you, and you love ergonomics and you found a way to kind of put those things together, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Definitely so. Cool, cool. All right. So this is another thing. Whenever somebody has been married a long time, I, I love talking about that, right? Because it's a very family, marriage, parenting. These topics are very, very important to me. Um, I've been married over 20 years myself. I have four kids. And so I always love hearing the wisdom that gets shared uh, on these podcast episodes as well. So maybe start off, um, just share with us some wisdom that you have, like, what does it take to have a successful marriage as a person who's been married 24 years yourself? Communicate, communicate, communicate. You Mm -hmm. have to communicate with your significant other. You need to communicate um, within your family. Um, It's, it's not perfect. Mm -hmm. We all in our marriages have had challenges in our marriages. We, we work on different levels. We talk in different levels. We handle things differently. And um, you have to give grace to your partner. Um, and also you, you need to know the whole story. You need to know where they're coming from before you react to it, which I have problems with. I, I go <laughs> instead of stepping back. Okay, why did you make that decision? Why did you choose, you know, to do that? Um, so I think communication is really important. Um, within our marriage, I, I said divorce is not a thing. We're going to work through it um, and whatever it takes. Um, if, if it means going to a marriage counselor and talking it over with a marriage counselor, do it. Um, but I think just communicating, just hearing each other out. And if something's bothering you, communicate it. Say something to your partner. Um, Yes, you probably, I do it too. Um, You fester inside, you get frustrated about something, you, and you just, you don't want to say anything, don't want to say anything. But then at some point you're going to explode and it's even a worse situation than if you just handled it when it was, it started to bother you. So um, communicating, I think is, is really hard. And I think even personally in my marriage, uh, we moved a couple years ago. Our marriage has changed from when we lived in California to where we live in Florida. You know, I mean, it's, it's just different. Um, communication is different, you know, living in different places, you know, um, both trying to look for a job at the same time, raising the, I just have one daughter, um, and we have one daughter. (laughs) Um, so marriages change throughout the year. I started talking to some other friends of mine who have, you know, longer marriages and I asked them, you know, what's wrong with us? Why is it, 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 and they felt the same thing. They went through a lull in their marriage that, you know, that that um, it it just it, things happen 
it, it's not mm-hmm. a perfect we're not perfect marriages aren't perfect but we you know like we said earlier one step at a time one connection at a time one conversation at a time. yeah and, and that's the first thing i thought when you said it's changing and i, I said does it ever I, I was thinking in my head does it ever stop changing <laughs> right? because it's a constant evolution that's been my experience as well it and and it does it just like that roller coaster with building a business building a life works the same way right yes, <laughs> especially yes. with another person and you said so much there, Kim. I, I don't think I could keep up with all the things that were going off in my mind. <laughs> but one big one you said is communicate when you are holding on to something. Yeah. That one will really get you if you don't, right? And it, yeah. it, 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 will, it has the potential to create real problems in a marriage when we hold on to the stuff. But the, the real question that I think needs to be asked when that happens is, what is the cause of the person either side or both sides wanting to hold on to that a lot of times it comes back to a history of some sort when i said this this happened or when i didn't say this this happened right or if i can even dare i say control the situation by saying or not saying this or that then i can avoid this from happening right and we do the we play these little mental games And in the end, all we're doing is we're breaking down that level of uh, closeness with our spouse, right? And that actually degrades the relationship, especially if you're talking about doing this over years and years and years. Um, But there is one other thing that you said, Kim, and if you have anything to add, please feel free to stop me and add in. But the the word grace that you said, I, I do not believe that everybody listening even understands what does that even mean? So Break that down for us. Like, what do you mean by giving grace? Um, Just letting people, um, letting your spouse tell them their point of the story, where they're going with, um, why they made the certain decision. Why are, you know, um, when when you're deciding what are you going to do this weekend? Well, you give them grace. You, you. Okay, you hear what they have to say. Here's what I will have to say, and then okay, let this weekend. Let why don't you go? Uh, let's go with what you want to do this weekend, and then maybe next weekend we can go. You know, we can go hit that errand I wanted to do or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you don't give grace to e- each other, then um, it's going to be a constant battle to yeah. each other. Yeah, it, it's really it comes down to you know I had a conversation yesterday about listening and the importance of listening, and sometimes we don't do a good job at that. We can't even get to the point to give the grace because we haven't even heard. Yes, so. listening is so hard. Um, my pet peeve is being interrupted because you know people are. I mean, I get it when you're having a conversation, you're trying to think of the next thing you want to say, but then I get interrupted and I couldn't finish my thought. Um, so yes, uh, listening is very hard. Um, I'm trying to teach that to my daughter. <laughs> um, she interrupts all the time. Um, so it's really, you know, trying to find that time that someone talks, you listen, and then what do they say? You have one mouth and two ears. Two ears. So <laughs> There's a reason for that, right? <laughs> so yeah. good. So yeah, listening is a huge part of grace. In order to, I, I think it, it really comes down to understanding the other side, you know, and, and this isn't just in the context of marriage. This is in the context of conflict in general. Yeah. Yes. When we're When we're doing this, like you said, ultimately what that is, that's a conflict presenting itself. In order to move through that, it's really difficult if I'm not willing to listen so that I can understand the other person's point of view, 
Right. And once I begin to understand, now I can address what it is that they're feeling or what it is that they're saying. And maybe we have a better shot at overcoming the conflict. Mm -hmm. All right. So as we wrap up, uh, Kim, if you were to go back and just start over, this is a question I've been asking everybody in all my <laughs> interviews. Uh, and thanks to my good friend, Donna Edmond, who I spoke to several episodes ago, who gave me this idea. If you could go back and speak to your 20-year-old self, using all that you've learned and all the wisdom you've gained since then, what would you say? Be bold. Get out there. Do what you want to do. Don't um, ask questions. Take as many classes as you can. Um, be be with people, just be a constant learner. Um, I, I put that on my, as my new year's resolution for the last couple of years, be bold because I can be shy. Um, I don't want to ask questions. Um, but, um, being bold, stepping out of my comfort zone and, mm, and get out there in the world because, um, entrepreneurship is not for the you know, for the calm people and, the, and yeah. people that are quiet, you, you have to be bold. You have to get yourself out there. You have to, you know, explain what you do, um, you know, give people a business card when they're talking um, to you. Um, but I think my 20 year old self, um, I would just say, be bold, step out there once in a while. It's going to be uncomfortable, but step mm -hmm. out there. If it's really uncomfortable, you're going to step back into your comfort zone. Yeah. But you learn a lot when you're out of your zone, too. So true. Uh, it's totally been my experience as well. It, it really, it's relationships, right? And relationships are messy, even in business. You're going to face a lot of uncomfortable uh, circumstances, uncomfortable situations. People are going to say things that you're not sure how to respond to. Um, you you want to believe that you're going to go in with the utmost confidence every single time. But the truth is, is, you know, even if you have a, a bad day, like sometimes it, it kind of messes with that a little bit. And so- yeah getting, like you said, out of that comfort zone and doing it anyway and learning from it so that you can grow and improve and not just the relationship, but even within ourselves so that we become better at, at, at doing what it is that we do. And that, that's what I hear you say when you're talking about the boldness. And stepping out in faith as, as we as Christians think about, you know, stepping out. It might not be comfortable, but if you step out there, um, uh, what do they say? You know, God will work with you where you're at, but he'll also work with you when you step out in faith that, that it, it shows that you're relying on him much more. Yeah. Um, and that's so hard for a lot of us, especially myself. I mean, just stepping out there and just letting God lead. Yeah. You don't have control. God is for us. That's so right. that's hard. Amen. <laughs> and he is, he always is. And, and sometimes that is just the hardest thing to trust and believe. Yes. Yes. But I, I also think too, like boldness, is a lot of times saying what needs to be said, even though it's not hard or not easy yes, to do. Right. Yes, and that happens to be one of my top values. And interestingly, my last episode, I talked about authenticity. It was the last one. And that's another one, but boldness. I, I find myself inspired by those who are the bold speakers out there, the ones who yes. are willing to say and do what needs to be said and done, even though it's scary, even though they're not sure how it'll be received, but they speak for something that's just and something that's good and something that supports and builds other people up. And, you know, sometimes that doesn't jive, right, when we have mm -hmm. to do it. So I appreciate you saying that, Kim. So how can <laughs> folks reach you and, and for what specific services? Um, so my webpage um, is www.ergonomicsandyou.com. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. 
Instagram, Facebook. Um, I am on, um, uh, I have a YouTube channel that I've, I have a handful of YouTube um, videos up there. So you can reach me um, also um, with my email. Um, and it's my name. So K Granata Clark, no hyphen at ergonomicsandyou.com. Awesome. Well, it has been an absolute pleasure uh, to spend this time with you, Kim. Thanks for uh, showing up and sharing your wisdom with us. And uh, for those listening, um, remember to lead well, live on purpose, and honor God with your life. Thanks, Kim. Thank you once again for listening and supporting the No Purpose Without Love podcast. If you like what you've been hearing, please remember to follow this podcast to continue receiving notifications about new upcoming episodes. For more information about how to start your own purpose-filled journey or to get in touch with me, you can start my online course by going to courses.beaconleaders.com or you can email me at info at beaconleaders.com. You can also visit my website at www.davidegoresso.com. I will post these links and others in the description section of each episode as well. So until next time, remember to lead well, live on purpose, and honor God with your life.